Welcome to the Bard and Bible, a conversational devotional about scripture, life, and ministry from the perspective of a tabletop missionary still trying to figure out what those words actually mean when you string them together. There's a seat by the fire over there, and it looks like things are just about to get started. Tonight's tale, Dismantling Storytelling. Hey folks, it's me, actual Mike Perna, welcoming you to the Barden Bible. I gave the innkeeper the night off. Well, to be completely honest, I started putting this episode together and realized the opening I did wasn't great. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was fine, but it wasn't great. It also completely glossed over some key points of interest for folks that might be wandering their way over here from my friend Joey's podcast called The Dismantle. If you're one of those folks, welcome. I hope you enjoy your time here. If you're wondering who the innkeeper is and why I refer to myself as actual Mike Perna, I'll point you to the back catalog of this weird conglomeration of Christian devotional and fantastical narrative I've been building over the past 38 tales or so. To go into all of it would take far too much time and would pretty much leave even me confused. So for now, let's just give you two bits of pertinent information. One, everything we do here is story-based, whether through the fictitious narratives or the discussion of biblical truth. It's the framework that makes the B&B a special place. Two, you'll hear me talk about the Wandering Bards Guild. I'll strip away all the pageantry to let you know that that's basically just what I call the group of folks that I've asked in the past to host this thing, you know, in times when I'm too busy running events or other stuff takes me away from the microphones. There now, that's some things up nicely, I suppose. Old friends and new, pull up a stool for the first ever Bard and Bible guest episode. My friend Joey from the Dismantle Podcast is here to talk about how I asked him to become a wandering bard, and how he found that a lot more difficult than he thought possible. So welcome to what I'm lovingly referring to as Season 2. Uh, I had no intention of it being a season kind of thing, but this is what happens when you take a break and several months disappear without anything new happening, and then you suddenly decide to up and start everything up again. Uh, because we're dealing with something brand new and crazy, uh, I thought about doing one of the things that I, I did, like the parables and, the, you know, the Bard project, but, uh, and don't worry, those are coming. But I wanted to do something special because I, as I was, I was sitting thinking literally days ago, and I, I was talking about the nature of story with somebody else, and I said... Oh, you know, that's cool. Like, I've, I've got an episode on Dismantle with my friend Joey coming up that where I talk about story and how the, the church is doing a generally terrible job communicating story. And then I thought, and I realized, part of the reason that there's been so long since my last episode is because I had invited a couple people to be wandering bards. One guy just couldn't do it. His schedule just fell apart and he just couldn't do it. So that was one thing. The other thing was, I invited my friend, Joey Monteleone, formerly known for the Sanctum Sanctorum podcast, currently known for the Dismantle podcast, and I said, Joey, you listen to Bard and Bible? You want to be a wandering bard? And he said, absolutely. And then he sent me a sermon. 
And I said, Joey, please, I love your content, but that's not our format. And so I thought about how we could work this together. And then I realized I can literally just invite Joey. Since we're already doing something weird and different, why not let's just embrace weird and different? So, Joey, you're literally here. <laughs> I'm literally here, Mike. Thank you for inviting me and and uh, stepping into the awkwardness with me. Oh, yeah. No, you, you know me. I, I love stepping into a good awkward. Uh, so before we get into all the, the stuff related to Barton Bible, part of the reason that this came up was because of the fact that Shortly after this is probably going to go live because knowing me, I'm going to just really get excited and edit this and make it happen very shortly after we're recording it. But in the not too distant future, I'll be on your podcast again. Yeah, your episode is going to drop later this month. So in case people don't know, like a lot of the people in the tavern know because the first time I showed up on your podcast, I shared the link and I referenced that I was going to be doing it with you again. But in case somebody's listening who has no idea what the Dismantle is about, give them a pitch. Sure. Uh, Dismantle Podcast is a place for community, but not converts. Some of the why of the show was I, similar to you, have a story and uh, a narrative loosely associated with the church for most of my life. And what I've realized is that we do more attempts at creating converts than we do about creating community, especially with people that we don't see eye to eye with. And so I wanted to create a podcast and a show where we could talk without having to prove anybody wrong and just learn from each other. And with the, with the sole purpose of not only learning, but then taking what we talk about and pointing that towards the church and saying, what could we learn from this conversation? How could we be better? And uh, those are those are great conversations. Sometimes I feel like I'm drinking out of a fire hydrant uh, because I learned so much. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's the dismantle. And just to give everybody a heads up, you've had like it started off with just you gathering those of us, you know, who happen to, to like talking on to people on the radio, uh, including my wife and myself. But you've also had some crazy people on there, like times when we I've texted you and been like, I can't believe you got so and so on your podcast. Yeah, we uh, we've reached out to pretty much anybody. And honestly, some of that has just been, you know what? Slide into those DMs. What's the worst they could do? Not respond. And some people don't. You know, I'm still waiting on the rock. But uh <laughs> Yeah, we've gotten a lot of a lot of interesting authors and and some very well known musicians. I mean, if you go back to the catalog, I'm sure there's a name that you will recognize at some point. And uh, you know, because we've had such good response from listeners such as yourself and maybe those who are listening, we've been able to go to two episodes a week. So now it's now it's more content and more conversations, all with the sole purpose of taking apart faulty. Uh, mindsets and and learned things that maybe weren't healthy, but now we can kind of take them apart and put them back together in a holistic view. Uh, so yeah, we've uh, we've really grown, and um, I'm I'm excited for where it's going in the future. So kind of getting back to why we're here at Barden Bible, uh, I, again, 
I, I kind of set it up in the beginning, but I'll, I'll just really quick go over it again. I had asked you to join the Wandering Bards Guild, and you sent me a very well put together sermon. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I very I, I'd like to say very nicely and very kindly you, said it was it was very nice. Yeah. It, it, if I remember it correctly, it was, dude, thanks so much. However, what you did was a sermon and you know me better than that. So I'm going to ask you to do it again. It wasn't a no. It wasn't a this sucks. It wasn't a you completely missed the message. It was a hey, can we try this again? It was it was more about the fact that I loved your content, like the actual things you were saying. I loved it. It's the problem was was that I know you and I didn't get you. I yeah. got, I got I, I think you said that too. I got preacher you. Yeah. And as a guy who has spent a lot of years honing Preacher Mike and being able to identify the Preacher version of all his friends who happened to preach, mm-hmm. I didn't ask you to bring Preacher Joey. I asked you to bring you. And so we kind of talked about this ahead of time. So I, I don't want to – I didn't want to blindside you with, with these kind of things. But I did want to ask like – because you've listened to – you listened to Barden Bible long before I introduced you to this. I love Barton Bible. I've been a longtime fan, and whenever you post content, I'm usually the first one to listen. I, I will often get a text message within – probably within the first day saying, you know, making some comment about what I had talked about. Yeah. So you, I had asked you for story-based. You've listened to Barton Bible since the beginning, so you know that I want story-based, and yet – sermon is what you gave me correct and i i, I want to know what in it in, in spite of knowing all that in spite of having that set up in spite of knowing that what the normal content looks like what drove you towards sermonizing sure um i love your show i love what the premises i love the content of it and i love the way you do it but i don't think i realized the work of it and you specifically told me no preaching, no sermonizing. So, you know, we can't overemphasize that. That was very clear. It was was well clarified and well communicated before this started. And I think when I hung up the phone with you, I said to myself, I can do this no problem. And I think I honestly said that. And maybe I even thought, you know, I can do this better than most because I know Mike, mm-hmm. I listen to the podcast, and I host a podcast about stepping outside of the box, and I, I get it, right? So in my head, I was completely qualified for the task that you gave me. And so I wrote down my ideas, which looking back, I had a point to get across. Mm-hmm. Which is something I think I've learned about storytelling. We had we had mentioned that there was some some hidden gems within within this lesson. And and one of them is is this that sermons have a point to get across, but stories have a point within them. Right. And I think the difference is the task with within the nature of both of those. Th- there's no agenda, and I completely came with an agenda. Yeah, uh, I was just talking about this with some other folks who are, are neck deep into the storytelling world, and it really is true that a story does not – it doesn't make you find the point of it. 
No. It doesn't it doesn't force you along the road of this is what the point is. This is what the moral is. This is what you need to be getting out of this. It just says, here's a story mm-hmm. and allows you to explore it and allows you to put together the pieces and even allows you to get things wrong as an exploration of what's going on there. There, you know, I, I always this is long before even Barden Bible. But I have always said in everybody, every time I've ever sat in front of a group of people and decided I was going to, to talk about the Bible, I say every time I'm, I work very hard to not be wrong, Mm. but I am on many occasions. (laughs) Yeah. And, and that, that's what story, that's what story does. It, It allows the, the ability for people to come up with something completely I won't even say wrong. Wrong even is putting stuff on it. It's putting something different that maybe you didn't even see when you told it. So. Yeah. Well, I think I automatically went to the sermon for two different reasons. And, and I was really processing this ever since you, you had asked me the question. And I think, I think there's two reasons why I did it. The first is I really haven't told that many stories. And that's not a cop-out. That's just looking back over my life. I've been more interested in capturing stories than creating them. As a podcast host, uh, even as a songwriter, I'm really good at capturing other people' narrative. But when it comes to creating that and not having an agenda, not having a sermon, not having a point, uh, you know, because before even the podcast, I was a musician, and that's where you and I met. That is how uh, we met. You know, doing shows and, and things like that. I had I had 30 minutes to get my point across, and that point was Jesus. And, and damn it, if you didn't get that across, well, then you messed up your show. And to be fair, you're very good at, at putting Jesus in a, in a song. You're very good at it. Sure. But that wasn't what you asked me to do. That isn't what I asked you to do. Exactly. Now, the other half of the that two-part thing was there was some serious pride going on. Ah, yes. There was some serious pride in being asked by my good friend to be on his show, to be, and it wasn't just, hey, come be a guest. It was be a guest host. So I was like, you know what? This is, this is the upper echelon of, of existence. (laughs) And, and, and I must have something that people need to hear, which clearly wasn't the case since I couldn't do it. And after missing the mark of what you had wanted, it really, I really hit a wall thinking, man, this is very difficult. This isn't just something that you, you slide into that you can just put on. Uh, this is a gift. This is a talent. This is, it's the same way I would consider a musician where you are uniquely gifted and you can get better at it, but there, there does have to be some innate gifting within the individual telling the story. I think the first time I realized that storytelling really is an art uh, was in college because one of my professors had a master's degree in storytelling. Hmm. And we all used to giggle at that. We all used to be like, ha ha, you know, that, but that was an easy thesis. And then, I'm, you know, as the years have gone by, I'm because it's been, you know, <laughs> number of years since college. Naturally. But as years have gone by, I realized, like, no. That's it's a phenomenal skill. There, there's a reason why in some of the ones that I've done in previous episodes, and in who knows how many times in my existence, I've shared that uh, 
when you when you bust out the spiritual gifts, you can't limit yourself to the ones that show up in lists in the Bible because the Holy Spirit's bigger than the lists. Mm. And I, I'm convinced that one of them has to be storytelling. Because uh even even in for myself in college, there was a no not in college, in seminary, there was a, a professor who when I got done, he literally told me, uh, this man does a decent sermon, but he's an amazing storyteller. If for no other reason than Jesus did it. <laughs> yeah. I, I have, I have good, you know, good examples. Yeah. But totally. you mentioned how it is hard. And, and again, I'll back that to the hilt, but, um, I kind of want to address that. Like, why do you think it's so like it's one thing to say a thing is hard and and some of it is just craft some of it is just when do you pause when do you you know use the funny voice when do you you know put in this anecdote or whatever but i think when you talk about it being hard there's another level that you kind of dealt with when it comes to it being a hard thing to tell stories like this so i kind of want to ask you what made it so hard for you? Yeah. It yeah, so so let me preface it by saying it was not easy. It was very difficult for me. Um and and I didn't just try it once again when you had asked me. I tried it maybe three or four times. Different recordings, different writings of it. I, I worked on that thing like it was my baby. And and I worked on it more so because it was more like, this thing will not master me. I'm not going to be told by Mike Perna <laughs> that I can't do something. I you know? will not be broken <laughs> by this silly podcast. So it was, it was a little bit of that. But I also think it was difficult because I still had the agenda. I still had something to prove. And I think I think those two things definitely hindered it even more. So now I was going down this, this vicious cycle, this dark path of, of, I could not relinquish control. Mm. I couldn't just let the story be the story. I couldn't even, by the, by the time I told you, look, I can't do this because I did, I, I did come to the point it where was, it was it, literal it, word for word. What he said, like, like Mike, I don't want to let you down, but I cannot do this. Yeah. And, and I really, you know, I've had years of therapy, so it wasn't like this this big, uh, you know, crushing thing. I, you know, I cried in my bedroom for three weeks, but I, <laughs> you know, it was it was difficult to come to the realization that you can't just do anything. You can't just say, "Oh, I'm going to be a storyteller." Oh, I'm going to do this. Or let me rephrase that: you can't do this well. Oh yeah, no, because plenty of people have tried to just do it. Sure. You see, we've all seen, you know, I think TED Talks are a great example of this. Th those people have have practiced. By the, by the time they ever get in front of that, they know exactly what they're saying. They know when they're pausing. They know when there's, you know, especially the ones who are communicating a, a story-like narrative. You know, that's that's a gift, but it's also practice. And and to answer your question, why I think it was so hard is because it was it was like a new skill. It was literally as though you were telling a five year old kid, you're now going to ride this bicycle when they had never done it before. Right. But maybe that five year old thought they were, you know, so so let's 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 tell a story. <laughs> you know, a five year old is riding a tricycle and and somebody comes along and says, OK, you're going to ride a bike now. And that five-year-old says, oh, sure, I can do that because I've been on this thing with wheels. 
I must know how to do it. And then you get on the bike and you actually don't know the mechanics of balance. You don't know what pedaling looks like. You don't know how to look both ways before you cross the street and you land on your butt. And that's exactly the way I felt where I had thought that I could do something. And then when I was faced with the reality that I couldn't, it was very humbling. Well, I think that that right there kind of encapsulates a lot of stuff that we're kind of like living in the ellipses of in this description of how this went down, because there was a lot of conversation when when you sent it to me and I said, hey, bud, this content's awesome, but change your formatting. Um. There was a, a couple other messages that were like, no, dude, I want story. I want you. I mm-hmm. don't want I don't want this to be sermon illustrations. I, I just want you to tell me the story of you and how you reflect this. Like there was a lot of walking through that. And to kind of keep with your narrative, it's like, you know, the dad is holding the 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 seat of the bike is that person's trying to ride the bicycle. And then instead of, you know. The kid just kind of just pedaling hard. The kid's swatting the hand going, no, <laughs> no, oh, yeah. let it go. <laughs> oh, yeah. I fought you a, a little bit. Um, and, and I think some of that was was even more pride of, you know, I preach every once in a while. I, I know mm-hmm. how to communicate, Mike. And I think that's really what I misunderstood is that it wasn't about communication. No, I, I mean, was... I mean, it is it is underneath it. Right. But it wasn't about the format of how I was communicating. And I don't think I realized that until this this, you know, little exercise of ours where there are many different forms of communication. Right. Because I, I tried very hard. And, and so far, you've been letting me know that I, I was pretty much successful. I was very I tried very hard to make sure that I didn't just say, like, no, this this isn't going to work. I, I wanted to be like, no, dude, I appreciate what you've done. Let me show you all the good stuff that is in here that that should carry over into the thing that this is supposed to be. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you were very gracious with it, and, and it was still encouraging that I didn't just completely miss the mark. But from one podcaster to another, I completely understand the position of this is mine and I have a standard. Right. Like – it, it wasn't, you, you know, you weren't a jerk about it in any way, but like, I knew what you were getting at. Right. Like, like, and to be, to be fair, like, my goodness, like you listened to the, you know, you listened to the podcast. So you listened and you heard the, the, what I refer to as the first class of the Wandering Bards Guild. Like those folks set the bar real high. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I, I, yeah. And so here I am letting you do that. And I wanted to to my my whole thing about leadership is that I wanted to to empower and encourage. So that's mm-hmm. why it was all like like I'm not going to make you do this. <laughs> but right. I'm going to give you the pointers that you need and hope that you run with them. Yeah, and I think if I'm honest there was just a level of there was a level of defeat there was a level of humility. Uh, there was there was also a, rec- a recognition of the skill and the talent, as we had mentioned before. But I also feel like there was there was more processing I needed to do from the standpoint of there's not many things that I'm I want to say this humbly. There's not many things that I can't at least get close to if I'm unfamiliar with them 
the first time I try it. And this was one of those ones where it was like, <laughs> cool, bud, but not exactly. And then again, and then again, and then again, to the point where I, I essentially said to you, I don't want to ride the bike anymore. Right. And I, I'm not letting this go, by the way, gentle listener. I'm still going to hope that someday Joey gets over this and, and we hear him in the bar, the Wandering Bards Guild. Except for uh, that bad New York accent I tried to do. I, I was even going to let that go. Uh, you know, <laughs> oh, that was terrible. It's a it's it. You know, it's a, it's a character choice. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bad one. Uh, that that's for a, an unreleased. <laughs> <laughs> Put it at the end of this episode. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that, you know, kind of the thing that's that spawned this and kind of the thing that ties it all together is that, yeah, I was on or, and slash will be on Dismantle talking about story. And I'll kind of give listeners of Barton Bible a heads up, because if you've never listened to Joey's podcast, I will put a link in, in the, the notes for this one. Uh, I will also just encourage you to go through the entire back catalog. Uh, I, when I, I think I was like the fourth episode four, I think was my you first, were. first time showing up. Yep. But it, like all podcasts, this and game store profits included, it gets even better with time. So go back and listen to all of that, but you'll notice that Joey ends the same way with no matter who he's talking to. And it's what's one thing. If you can challenge the church with just one thing, about this topic, what would it be? And I'll give you the prequel or the, the preview of mine for talking about storytelling. My challenge was every once in a while on Sunday morning, don't sermon, read the story and not just read it blankly, but to embody it and to allow the story to be what speaks. And I really want to kind of, Flip it on you here, Joey, because I can say lots of ways to make that happen. You and I both have mutual friends that if we gave them that challenge to do that, we know they could do an amazing job. Mm -hmm. As somebody who struggles with that, I want to hear from you. What do you think is something that you would need to make that a thing, not only as somebody who's presenting it, but even somebody who's listening to it to allow you to enter into that space that is really hard for you to get into, because I'm sure you're not alone in that. Yeah. And and I have thought about it like, OK, what would what would it take ever since our conversation, which which will air shortly? But what would it take to get me to the point that. I could communicate in that fashion or that I could, you know, because I, I still lead worship here and there, you know, what would it take to get to the point where I could work that into a worship service or that could be the Sunday sermon, like you had mentioned. And I honestly think that be without failing at this task, I would not have been able to appreciate what you were asking the church to do. Hmm. Like I had mentioned before, because I do, I do so many episodes you know, I, I, I listen to them again when I edit them and then I process them, but I'm on to the next episode and I'm on to the next episode. And, Especially and, now that you've gone to two a week. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of content that just needs to be sifted through. So especially with yours, it was more like when it gets close to Mike's air date, I'll re-listen to it and really process this. But because you had asked me to do this within it, I had to go back and kind of 
see if I could find some Easter eggs to, to unlock something for me. And what I had realized is that the failure showed me that this is a skill. This is not something that you just walk up and half-assed do. It, it can't be because there's such power in words. There's magnitude in tone. There is context and vernacular of the passage that we need. And, and that's why I think we get to this point where we don't have an appreciation for Scripture. Because like you had said, and, and you know, I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think the, the basic context was just let the story speak for itself. But you have to, you have to read it the way the story was intended. Right. If you just read it flat, the story isn't being itself. Exactly. And and now with me failing at this, I now see this as a tool in a, you know, it's not just a tool in your, in your tool belt that you can add on there when you need to. This is a skill. This is a craft. And some people are really good at it. You know, you think of storytellers and you think of Tolkien and Lewis and J.K. Rowling. I mean, they're really good at it, right? But myself, I, I'm not as apt towards that skill. But if I just stop there and say, well, I'm not as apt at that skill, well, then I'm missing out on a beautiful opportunity to expand scripture, not only for others, but for myself. And I think if I wanted to step into that, it would literally just require me being in the podcast studio or an empty church and literally practicing without anybody caring. Because I yeah. think that was some of my other thing. Like, I couldn't get beyond how ridiculous I sounded. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think that's another reason why we don't read things the way that they're intended to, whether it's scripture or it's not. I mean, we just kind of read things because we need to read them and we don't unlock our imagination. But every once in a while you hear somebody who's really reading it the way it's intended to. And you're like, oh, man, he's really into it. Well, no, the, he's just he's just doing it justice. And this is this is funny because of all the the messages that you sent me after a Barden Bible. Probably the two that got the most caps and the most exclamation points both involved when I brought in my my side character. Well, one was when I brought in my side character of Drogon Anvil Song. Is that and when you were talking to yourself? When I was talking to myself, talking it's about myself. It's my favorite one. It's my favorite one. <laughs> um, no, no. That, the, the one where I was literally talking to myself was the, the other one when – I somehow transported myself to talk to innkeeper version of right, my, right, right. That one got lots of caps and exclamation points. And, yeah, and that the whole one was end game scenario. And that one was literally. I mean, yeah, I touched on on Joel in that one, but that one was a lot of just me telling a story. If you went back and listened to that one and then read the passage in Joel that I reference. Everything about that story was taken directly from that Joel passage. Every element of that story had some reflection, especially that opening narration, mm -hmm. was directly taken from that Joel passage. In fact, literally in the background, it alternated between me talking about it in the Barden Bible verse and then literally in the background, me reading the verses from Joel. <laughs> yeah. And, and just to just to answer your question like what would it take yeah i think i think the first step in that because maybe our listeners are listening and they're thinking well what's the first step i think just the first step is realizing that we put work into what we value mhm mm 
You know, I, I loved my show, and so I've really worked on EQ settings and what's the best format to capture guests who aren't in the state and, and when to post. and think, You know, I've dove headfirst into it because I love it, and I see the value of what I'm doing. Well, what if we did that with storytelling? What if we saw the value in it and we dove as far and hard into it as we do with all these other things? I think then we would see the power of narrative. But until we value it, we won't do the work. And I think for me, one thing from, from the side of the guy who fancies himself a storyteller, I think for me, a piece of advice, and I think I mentioned, it's been a while since we recorded that episode, so you've listened to it more recently than I said it. But one thing that I think is important is that you put your, we learn to put ourselves into the narrative of scripture. Mm-hmm. And not like in a metaphysical allow the message to wash over. I mean, like, no, literally put yourself into the town square where this is happening. Put yourself literally on Golgotha and see Christ crucified. Literally put yourself into the boat when Jesus says, no, seriously, come on out. Like, to to literally be able to put ourselves into these stories, we find whole other elements to them. Yeah. That we can communicate and not necessarily like I don't want to do that as an invitation to just tell better sermons. I I literally think that when you do that, you see other aspects of it that you can only communicate by inviting somebody else into that story with you to stand next to you as you're doing this. Yeah. Well, Joey, I have greatly appreciated this that you're you're kind of kicking off my my return to Barton Bible and I, I I hope against hope that I'm able to kind of figure out what this schedule looks like so I can get back to it. I have a list of all sorts of crazy things. And uh because this is a special episode, because this is something different, I do want to uh kind of give you the preview. I want to give you the first topic and title of of the the upcoming grand reopening of the Barden Bible. Uh, Yes, it will, in fact, have ties to what happened in the last episode as far as the Barden Bible verse, and I will tie that into opening the Barden Bible again, because of course I will. Uh, But you want to talk about craziness. The very first episode, uh, next episode's tale, (laughs) Schism. And okay. it is a it is a direct uh, response to the, I guess, currently forming and upcoming schism happening in the United Methodist Church. Fantastic. Why wouldn't we talk about that? So I've been brewing on it for a while. And again, you want to talk about the quality. I've tried to do that episode a bunch of times in this break, and it's just never materialized Mm -hmm. and i'm hoping that my renewed fire here really gives it the the justice that it deserves i think you will and i think that's some of the beauty of the show um you know you you there are two reasons why i love the show just personally the first is there's intention i mean you you paint 
with words beautifully. You use sound and rhythm and pauses and, and repetition of words to create these places that I go in my mind. I mean, I see the bard every single time. You know, you, you your voice comes on and I know exactly where I am. I smell the wood. I smell the beer. I, I You know, I'm there. And it's very rare, you know, besides focus on the family radio theater that I can do that. <laughs> uh, but the other thing is, is that you, you know, going back to it and I will harp on it because I, I do find you as one of my most, if not the most talented friends that I have doing Aww. what you're doing. Uh, you know, Mal- I'm sure you're familiar. Maybe your listeners are not, but Malcolm Gladwell has this 10,000 hour rule, mm-hmm. this idea that, you you get to the next place in mastery over your craft when you have invested 10,000 hours which is roughly 10 years and i i think people overlook the amount of time that barden bible doesn't show nobody saw you reading poetry at an art show 10 years ago when we met nobody saw you preaching to youth students nobody saw you hosting game days but all of that was building towards what bnb is and i think that's why you know, that not only does it sound great and the and the quality of the show is excellent, but that's why I love it. So when I usually wrap up, much like Joey has, you know, the format and the things that you can look forward to, I, I do too, and you all know it. And one of the things that I always end up is some variation on the form of, of you know, you're a dwarf bard, don't let anybody call you so optimal. And you might be asking yourself, Mike, how are you going to do that here? And it's very simple. Joey mentioned that this is a skill and it it very much is. I work very hard to figure out how to do it. That brief introduction, like today we kind of winged it, but a lot of the times when I do my, my, my innkeeper introduction, I spend at least an hour putting that together. It's usually about three to five minutes. If that, and I spend about an hour putting that together. So it is a craft, it is a skill, and I'm not even the nearly among the best out there. My goodness, there are so many people who I listen to on the regular to try and make myself better. But here's the thing. Skills can be learned. Skills can be trained. And if you really want to, you can do this too. Because you are a dwarf bard. You are a teller of stories and a singer of songs, and if you really want to, your story is definitely worth the telling. You just need to work at it a little bit. And hopefully listening to this, and listening to the rest of this, and listening to the dismantle, and listening to just the people around you, you'll realize that your story is worth the telling And it's worth every hour you put into making it sound perfect. And we'll keep looking at that here at the Barton Bible.